0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Line. Five one double five one is our text number, and uh, the WhatsApp number is oh eight seven four eight four eight treble eight, and that's for voice messages only to go on air. Parik Boyle, Parik, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, and thanks for contacting us because, as Michael Caine would say, the great Michael Caine, now a crime writer, he would say, not a lot of people know know this. What 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 do you want to highlight? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, the, the government changed the statutory sick pay from the 1st of January this mm-hmm. year. Um, now employers have to pay five days uh, statutory sick pay, and last year they had to pay three, and next year it'll change to seven days, and in 2026 it'll change to ten days. But what I w- want to highlight, Joe, mm-hmm. is that because of this change, uh, now uh, social welfare will actually be saving money yeah. And it would be costing employers a lot more money um, to actually implement this. And just explain um, how. Just explain what the current situation is. Who pays and who will pay in the new scenario, and what the difference will be, please. Okay. Uh, t- two years ago, Joe, for instance, if 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 an employee was working with a company and they had no yeah. sick pay scheme for the first three days, a person was out on certified sick leave, they would get no payment. And thereafter, they would get paid if they qualified under the social insurance contribution rules of their yeah. PSI. They'd get paid in this benefit um, from day four onwards. Okay. So, so now, that's this, so so that's gone. That's that still that still remains, except for the following: is that last year the the, the government, in fairness, uh, brought in well they. Uh, they brought in a, a, um, a law, a statutory law, whereby mm-hmm. employers now had to pay their employees for the first three days. If there was no sick pay, pay scheme, yeah, in, okay. in, they, they had to pay them, which is fair enough, because obviously if you're out sick for, for, for the first three days... You know, but, now you're saying, have, but now you're saying, uh, and last year, or even up to December 30 to 31st there, the, um, the employer paid the first three days and then the rest was based on the the social welfare fund, basically your contributions that every employee makes for the rest of your uh, the duration of your illness, hopefully it's not too long in anyone's case. You're saying now the employer has to pay for the first five days. Next year, yeah. next year, and, and within 24 months, that will go from three days, last December, uh, three weeks ago, to 10 days that the employer has to pay. And, well, go on, you tell me the board and that's, because I know yeah, you're a payroll so, specialist and that's, that's where you've been coming across the problem, okay. the so, challenge. So, so now, for, for the extra two days this year, because it's gone up to five days this year, um, the Department of Social Protection now doesn't have to pay them for the first period of their sick leave until day six and not from day four okay. as was heretofore. So, so what that means in a nutshell, Joe, and, and your researcher asked me this question, and I said mm-hmm. I better look 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 at us yesterday. He said, "How well, how much would it cost? Like how much you know? How, how much would it cost?" So I, I didn't I didn't have any figures at the time, but I, I did my I did my figures, and, okay. and I came up with a figure that the the, the exchequer um, 
is going to save €213.82 Euro for the first period of the five-day certified sick leave, which is for a single person earning €800 okay. Euro per week who qualifies for both illness benefits and statutory sick pay. And do you think, by the way, that many small employers, we had a number of them on before Christmas, especially in the hospitality situation, and they were in dire straits and they didn't see how they'd get, they saw how they'd get through Christmas, but they didn't see how they could get beyond Christmas. Now, I didn't hear that that new regulation mentioned that uh, for employers, small employers especially, who don't have a sick pay scheme, if a worker goes sick, God forbid, they have to pay the first five days sick leave yes. instead of the first three days. Are, are small businesses aware of this? Well, some of them, in actual fact, weren't aware. I don't believe, well, there's a couple of things they weren't aware of. How much is going to actually, you know, for that same person that the, the Department of Social Protection is going to save €213.82? Euro what, what is going to happen is the employers, what, what those five days sick pay is going to hmm. cost the employers is €600.87. How, so, how is that? Because they have to pay them, it, it, you know, you know the the example I gave you for the person on eight hundred euro a week, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is a hundred euro less than the which which a hundred less than the average um, okay. industrial wage, we'll say, um, and how that's made up, Joe, is that it's there's a there's a maximum, and that person would be entitled to the maximum of a hundred and ten euro per day okay. from their employer. Wow. Now, okay. so you multiply the five hundred the hundred and ten by five. For, for the pay them for the five days, that's five hundred and fifty. Yeah. Now, but on top of that, and this is what the employers don't—I don't think they—they they had envisaged—is that they have to pay pay employers PRSI on top of that. Okay. So, so you're saying if an employee if an employer gets a call on a Monday morning saying, "Unfortunately, I'm going to be out for at least a week," at least a week. Um, yes. That employer knows immediately that's going to cost him or her five hundred and fifty plus. Uh, PRSI plus if they have to get a replacement worker in. Yes. Okay. Well, has, has there been much? Has there been much? Uproar. Okay. Like, yeah. This. This is the robust response. I must say. Now we got from the Department of Trade, Enterprise, Employment. The sick leave act commenced on the fourth of January, twenty twenty-three. The statutory entitlement to sick leave is being rolled out as part of a four-year plan which is initially set as three days in 2023. By the way, they don't say in their statement that, that it went up to five days three weeks ago. But anyway, they said it will rise incrementally to 10 days by 2026. Now, 2026 is 24 months away. The act was introduced to ensure that all employees are entitled to a minimum level of financial compensation if they are unable to work due to illness uh, or injury. Everyone is in favour of that. No one could be against that. It's who pays it is the question. Why are you paying a PRSI if, you're not, if your entitlements are being dramatically reduced? Uh, workers will be entitled to five days of six leave in a year paid at 70% of gross earnings with a, up to a cap of 110 uh, euro. They don't say per day, but it is per day. It is primarily intended, this is a sting, it is primarily intended to provide sick pay coverage to those employees, often in low-paid and precarious roles, who do not have access to a company sick leave scheme. The, six, the scheme offers a floor level of protection and does not interfere with existing more favourable sick pay schemes, but 
this is the department, this is the government saying it is primarily intended to provide sick pay coverage to those employees often low paid and precarious roles uh, who do not have access. Everyone, no one would disagree with that. But what they don't say is that it's up to the employer who's missing an employee for that week to pay this money. Um, and, and although the government is acutely aware that small businesses are concerned with the overall cost of doing business, I don't where's the evidence of that? The solution is not to dilute workers' rights, but to provide targeted measures to support businesses. Sounds like a statement from the Irish Congress of Trade Unions, in fairness to them. The solution, no one is are you are you offer are you advocating that workers' rights be diluted? The government are saying, my understanding of what you're saying is part. The government is saying the burden, we we are moving the burden of look, looking after people in precarious employment who pay social welfare and we have a, a PRSI scheme, but we're we're so conscious of that burden that we're giving it, we're, we're going to take it off our shoulders, so to speak, and give it to the employer. That's exactly what has happened, Joe. Okay, five one double five one, Joe at rte.ie dot ie, and uh, as I say, oh eight oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Stay there, Park. I'm going to move to another subject because I have to for time reasons, and I'll come back to you in a, in a few minutes. Now, Emily McCormick. Emily, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and happy new year to uh, you. Happy new year. But it's not. I've heard of a lot of scams, Emily, but this That's is a best. new one on me. Yeah. Tell us. Tell yeah. us about this one. Um, it came in last Friday and it was just in the middle of doing an oil painting blog as you do and um, it was purporting to be from an international gallery yeah. and uh, it was in personal invitation to myself to apply yeah. for an exhibition that would be taking place at the end of February um, in their gallery in New York. Okay, and, and I should, they, I, I'm remiss, people should, I, know, I knew your name, but people who don't know your name, you're a very well-known artist, primarily in oils. Um, you've been... Uh, you have a fantastic website, Emily McCormick, M-A-C-K, uh, artist of Irish uh, paintings, some uh, astonishingly good, um, and all of them good. Um, and so you you have, you are an artist. They spotted, am, yeah. they spotted you. So follow the money. How are they going to get money out of you, Emily, this art gallery in New York? <laughs> Yeah, what they what they wanted to do is they they look for a fee, um, and it was just a once-off fee. Now, normally, when uh, say a gallery takes us on, um, or any of the exhibitions that we take part in, the galleries can take twenty to fifty percent, depending yeah, yeah. Um, on the fee. So the initial fee was twelve hundred, and then they were reducing that down to ten fifty. And you supply say ten, three to ten paintings for this exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no mention of further fees being taken off your painting. So say you had a painting of 600 and say it was, um, I don't know, say the fee commission that they were charging was 50%. You have that in there. So like with three paintings, you're up to 900. So it wouldn't, it didn't seem yeah. to be inexcessive. And uh, so I rang a great friend of mine, um, Tara Negrico, and she runs Wild Sheog. And I was there kind of thinking, will I take two months off to put the work together and um, mm-hmm. put everything to side and she's saying god yes it's absolutely fabulous because it's an international like it'd make you they they represent yeah. some of the best artists in you know in the 21st century and um so i was kind of thinking maybe i will <laughs> you know? of course, and, yeah. um but like i suppose um like everything else um 
when you, you we always check like we're lucky here I have a great yeah. web designer and um, I have a friend who has connections in the US as well right. and around the world she's um, and she was able to look um, right through the full thing and say look this is uh, it's a scam but it genuinely did catch us out okay, um, now, and I think just, you were starting out okay we, we, we won't won't give the name of the gallery but the gallery no, does, does no. exist they have an incredible website Oh, they do. And this email is fantastic. Like, it's using all their social handles. Um, it's using their address. It's even p- um, picking one of their um, their staff members. Yeah, yeah, and, see that. you know, it, it has everything right. And then I, like, after talking to um, Wild Geo, Tara, um, she said, look, just email them back. And, like, I emailed mm-hmm. them back and because you were, you were required to email them back if you were interested. And they came back straight away. So, so that's... Um, so I suppose if you were starting out and you didn't know any better and you didn't have the protections that we have in place here, um, you could get caught out. Okay. Do you know, um, this yeah. is the best I've seen because I genuinely yeah. think, oh, my God, you know, I, can, I will says, never have to do... Dear Emily... Dear Emily, I trust this message finds you well and in good spirits. We greatly appreciate your enthusiastic response to our invitation to report, to participate in the upcoming exhibition at, we'll name the gallery shortly, hopefully once, there, they obviously are totally oblivious to this scam. We are excited, we're excited to have you join us for a comprehensive (laughs) understanding. They have all the lingo, haven't they? For a comprehensive understanding for, yeah. of the exhibition guidelines, logistics, schedule, I recommend revisiting the initial email we sent you away. Should you have any lingering questions? What type of questions, Emily? Lingering questions. Please feel free to contact us for clarification. Proceed with your participation. Kindly submit your portfolio. High quality images, please, Emily, of your artworks that you wish to exhibit. Our board will thoughtfully evaluate and select pieces that align <laughs> seamlessly Emily, with our standards and exhibition theme. In terms of fees, the solo exhibition fee for artists is set at $1,350, while the group exhibition fee is $1,050, encompassing various aspects of the exhibition process, notably our partnership with, they mentioned, a fine art logistics company, which does exist, ensures subsidised shipping costs. Once the exhibition contract is signed, the fees are settled, we can delve we can delve, Emily, into the specifics <laughs> of shipping arrangements. We are yeah. pleased to inform you, Emily, that artworks sized 30 by 30 centimetres and above yeah. are acceptable yeah. for the exhibition. Your schedule, I've got book of flight, Emily. Your sh- know, can bring I the family. Know. Your schedule exhibition date will be from February 29th to May the tur- 30th. So please, will you ensure that your artworks are shipped to us before February the 20th. Yeah. Now, so what would happen, Emily, if would you ship? You'd pay them the money. They'd want the money up front before they say yeah. that's, that's the scam. Yeah. But yeah. where would you ship the artwork if you, if you still thought it was legit? Would you be shipping your artwork to this art gallery, which is in Manhattan, which is a very big art gallery, and yeah. your artwork arrives and they say, what is this? I don't know. Like, I'd imagine that probably, I suppose, technically, yes. Um, but I'd imagine if it is a scam, they'll probably have a warehouse, you know, they'll probably yeah. come up with something to say. And But, like, I, I tell you, I got caught in. 
Yeah, I can see they why. To, now, whether it's ego or vanity or whether you're wishing that it's actually true, so... Uh, it's because, Emily, I, yeah. I suspect, and not to, by the way, it says at the end, um, wishing you happy holidays and a happy new year, Emily. Best regards yeah. and David name, which is a real name, but obviously the whole thing yeah, is a, yeah. the whole the whole thing is a is a to try and get uh, money out of you under false pretenses. Yeah, yeah. I suspect Emily, like most artists I know, they're waiting on the phone call. I don't I don't know any wealthy artist, and I know some brilliant uh, brilliant artists. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I don't know. know any wealthy artist, and they're they're. They're dying to be asked, asked uh, yeah. will you go on to an international... Now, I know some of our artists are uh, internationally renowned, but again, I don't know any wealthy artists. But they're dying. Any artist would jump yeah. at being offered a, a, a space in one of the most prestigious yeah. galleries yeah. in New York. And especially, especially as... And I'm talking about artists. We're not talking about amateurs like me, but I'm talking yeah. about artists... Uh who have websites like yours of accomplished accomplished work and uh, working in various mediums, including oils, which is always uh, harder, a harder medium and a more expensive medium. So yeah. you were just, you, you, were, you are an artist. You were glad to get the break. But, you, you yeah. did, but you, luckily enough, you spotted that it wasn't a break. It was a scam. Yeah. And I'm genuinely lucky in that I have the protection there for that. And a lot of people wouldn't. You know, so I suppose I just wanted to highlight it that, yeah. you know, I'm long on the tooth. I should know better, but I didn't no. think, oh, my God, this is fabulous. So, um, and have you got, like have you got, well, we all got, I got one this morning saying uh, this is a message and we know it's not from Revolut. I know it's not, I just ignored them at this day. Yeah. And you all, you get the, you get the messages from Revenue Marianne. Um, we're all well, yeah. well used, yeah. hopefully. And then you get to, I got it at the weekend there. Hi, Dad. This is your daughter. I'm stuck in town. Um, my mobile phone has been robbed. Can you please t- yeah, uh, text money to this number? Yeah. Uh, which which it would be a brilliant achievement for my daughter because mm-hmm. she's currently in Australia. And she obviously slipped back on, into right. the country last Saturday unbeknownst to me. No, she didn't. She's still in Australia. Oh. But anyway, those scams are yeah. legion. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. people are aware of them. Please be aware yeah. of them. Have you, have yeah. you uh, come across any other online scans before in your studio? Um, but the, the typical ones that you'd send and you'd yeah. just hit delete or you would check them. You'd always get them checked with um, Sarah Kicks, She's our web designer here. Um, but like even something as simple. Now, I know I'm diverse and off pace, but yeah. I got a call during um, just before Christmas and a great friend of mine, another friend, um, her account had been completely wiped out where she applied for a loan just to tide her over uh, Christmas. But they wiped out absolutely everything and she had nothing left. Good you know, so God. like, yeah, and we all should know better, you know, but it's just they're, they're now kind of going for, I suppose, our emotional needs um, as opposed to... Um, I suppose it's supposed to just being a straightforward scam. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, uh, I don't know. I, and it's it's unfortunate, and it's not nice. That's it's the not other nice. thing. And, no, and we have not. the image, and it oftentimes it's true of the struggling artists in the in the I loft. Know, yeah. Well, if these if these guys uh, in base in New York or wherever the base have their way, you'll be even struggling even more because they're going to try and rob money. Mm-hmm. Off you believe it or not, but um, yeah. Emily, well done for alert. Where can people? Because the best way people can support Irish art is to buy Irish art, and when yeah. I say that, I mean go to your local 
Uh, there's loads of little art shops, art galleries. They know the local artists. They're not not yeah. expensive, especially when you consider there's always a frame thrown in. You can go mm. to Stephen's yeah. Green in Dublin. I'm sure there's other places. Instead uh, of Marion buying, Square. yeah, instead of buying uh, a, a yeah. print of the crying boy, uh, why not yeah. go to your local artist yeah. and say I have a couple of hundred quid or whatever. Um, yeah. I want it's a wedding present. What can, have you anything that they they'd love that they'd love that support your local. Oh artists. no, it's fantastic! Like if you're looking, um, there's a hundred of us there in Marion Square every Sunday. Um, it's a great community of artists, um, and you've everything. You've everything from watercolor to charcoal to oil. Um, Mead Made now at the moment, um, they're doing an open call for artists, but they've just had their exhibition there in November. Right. Abby Leakes. Um, if you're looking for um, a calendar, Abbey Leaks Bog, um, I just have a painting in with them and Fiona Dunn was on the other night and they're selling their calendar, the annual calendar, and it's all artist work in there as well. But it's going totally towards Abbey Leaks. One in four, you can get yourself um, inexpensive art um, mm-hmm. at €50 Euro a postcard. And then I've just finished there this week or last week, um, the Incognito, which will be coming up on, um, you'll be able to view them the 1st of April. Uh, they'll be on sale from April 24th. It's for the Jack and Jill. It'll be called the Incognito. So you pay €65, Euro, you get your own individual um, original piece of art. I've got three oil paintings in at the moment. And um, they'll be at 65 each and that'll go for the Jack and Jill. And then if you want to learn to paint and even Joe, if you want to come down, we run a Saturday morning oil Mm -hmm. painting for beginners. And we also have um, oil painting workshops on a Thursday and Friday once a month. And then we do pastels at the beginning of the month. Okay. So you're okay. totally invited then, anytime uh, you want. Uh, well, I want to try and get more people painting. Um, yeah. it, and it's so, it's so straight. Anyone can paint. Just yeah, anybody can paint. Get, sit in your kitchen now, if you happen to be lucky enough to be sitting in your kitchen and you're lucky enough that the kids haven't come in yet, uh, get a cold, get a cup of coffee, let it go cold, get a cotton bud, which you normally have in the house, get some decent uh, paper or board, preferably, or if even if you want to mess around with tissue paper and just start making shapes. Yeah. We'll start making shapes, so to speak. Emily, well done, well done. Support Thanks your local arts and well spotted and well worn okay. to our listeners. Joe with RT.ie, 51551 is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. I go back to uh, Power Rick Now, apologies for that, but I, w- I wanted to. Uh, get Emily in before uh, two o'clock to warn people about that scam. So Porrick, um, appreciate it. Porrick was making the point earlier, he contacted the programme to say, do small businesses especially know that since the 1st of January, where heretofore you paid the first, if, if God forbid one of your employees got sick, you paid three days sick leave. From the 1st of January, that's gone up to five days uh, sick leave uh, to a max of €110 Euro a day, so it could be 550 Um Per week, plus your employers. That's the employers pay into the social insurance fund as well. Employees pay into the social insurance fund. So the burden has been shifted from the social insurance fund, i.e. the government, taxpayers and the the employees and employers are paid into this. It's been shifted from the fund straight onto the shoulders of the um, employer. Now, we put this statement, we put this situation to... Uh, the government, and they, they're basically accusing you, Parik, of trying to dilute, uh, and employers who protest about this, they say the solution is not to dilute workers' rights. So they're saying you're, you're uh, inter alia, you were, um, 
you you're you're you want to dilute workers' rights. But that's that's not my understanding of what you're uh, raising, is it? I, I think, I, I think Joe, um, diluting. You know, I, I think workers are quite entitled to get yeah. to get uh, paid for if they're on certified sick leave for the first three days. Yeah. I mean, um, when the when the government come along and said that, why didn't they pay them for the first three days since the beginning of the since the beginning um, and not leave it for uh, until day four? Um, so I think workers are quite entitled to to um, um, to be paid while they're off on certified sick leave. Um, the, the 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 issue, um, and and I think this is where employers are 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 not aware of the scenario. Is that heretofore, if you got illness benefit, mm-hmm. uh, and any any PAYA worker that got illness benefit, it was not subject um, to USC or PRSI. Okay. Now it was subject to income tax. It used to be back in the eighties. It used to be, but it is now. Um, but this this statutory sick pay, pay is is subject to USC oh, and okay. to PRSI. So when the employer pays the one hundred and ten euro to the employee, the employee doesn't day, get the, yeah. they, they don't get one hundred and ten euro. They get one hundred and ten euro less USC, less PRSI, and less income tax. So if if I take you know the example I gave you Joe about mm-hmm. the the pers- this the individual on eight hundred yeah. euro a week the single person with no with no uh, dependents and a qualifying for statutory sick pay and the illness benefit so if he gets five hundred and fifty euro from his employer for the five days what he actually ends up with in his hand is four hundred and seventy nine euro and eighty five cents. Because he pays thirty seven euro okay, and eighty eight cents in tax. No, but but is is the tenor of the and by the way the, the the number of days sick leave you have to pay, uh, the, the employer have to pay will go up to ten days within the next twenty four months from three days a month ago to ten days within uh, on the first of January twenty twenty six. But the the employer and you see they're probably right. The employers the, you won't get any sympathy. Employers don't get any sympathy, and like landlords, you don't get any sympathy. It's a dirty word. You know, the, the, the department is saying the solution, this is to people who, who are complaining about it, which is the employers, the solution is not to dilute workers' rights. But who's advocating the dilution of workers' rights? Not, not you, anyway. Let me, Elaine Dawn, 51551, Elaine, what's your situation? Yeah. Were you aware of this change, Elaine? Oh no! Absolutely, I've been very aware of it. Um, um, what, my what? accountant. Can you pay it? Absolutely not. Um, we're obviously I work in within the early learning and care sector, so I, I'm here and I worked out that it's going to cost me fifty eight thousand nine hundred and sixty euros a year. How? Yes, so come again. It's three thousand one hundred a year per staff member. That's what it works out at. Okay, so just so people are aware of, of what it's going to cost. On average, that's what it's going to cost you for a staff member. But, but, um, how, but how do you know how many of your staff are going to go sick? Look, who knows when staff are going to go sick? I mean, I work within the childcare sector, so we do have a lot of sick days when course, there's COVID yeah. and different yeah, things yeah. going around. And, you know, and I mean, most of us have been off sick before Christmas for five days yeah. with COVID. Yeah. Okay, you so, know. so you're um, saying based on your previous experience, this new, this change by the department, by the government, will cost you €58,000 a year. Yes, and how for can my you, staff. And how can you survive? 
I can't. So for us, um, for many of the small and medium services within our sector, we're tied into a fee freeze. And it's a historical fee freeze dating back to 2017. Um, So we're not on a level playing field with all services around the country. That's one of the biggest issues. We're not allowed upper fees. We're stuck at a fee freeze dating back to 2017. We're now in 2024. Everything has gone up. We all know that cost of living, rate of inflation, everything has changed since 2017. Do you know one thing that is still the same price as it was back in 2017? Yeah. Anything, you know, we don't. So, so what, what, do you we, think, what do you think of the department statement, the government statement in effect, saying that anyone effectively who's opposing this is uh, trying to dilute workers' rights? Absolutely, we're not. I, mean, I would give my, my staff the, the clothes off my back and that's the truth of yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. many of us feel the same. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the money in the bank, how are you going to pay that funding out to your staff? I mean, there's a reality on the ground. There's one thing, a government policy that they're pushing, but there's also mm-hmm. a reality on the ground for small and medium services that are closing down and can't manage to keep their businesses open anymore because they've become completely unviable because of government policies. And you know, now, and we, we really need to talk to the people on the ground. I would well, give any, and I, I know any small and medium service or, or business out there are more than willing to pay their staff whatever it takes yeah, yeah. and whatever is needed. That's not what this is about. It's about being fair to the, to the employers on the ground. Now, the do, I, do I need a six cert for the first five days now? You do. You have to have a six cert in order for this. Uh, to be to be entitled to okay. this pay. So I have to go to a medic. Yeah. And how many days sick am I entitled to without a cert? Uh, look, you can take two or three or, you know, like, but you Parik, have to have, okay. have to be certified sick. Let me you ask Parik. Okay, Parik, yeah. what is the actual, what, what cert do I need if I, well, of course people are saying genuinely they're sick, they're sick. But do I need, a, for this for this first five days now paid by the employer, Parik, uh, surely I need to provide a sick cert from a medic, which will cost me eight yeah, quid or whatever. You have to have it. You have to have a six cert. You it must, and uh, indeed, for for payment from the Department of Social Protection, you also need a six cert. So yeah. it's, it's the same rules apply to both. You, you won't get paid from the Department of Social Protection either okay. without a six cert. So as much. Be signed by the doctor, so and much. it's the same with this. Yeah. Um, in other words, if uh, uncertified employers are not liable to pay people if they don't have a if they don't have a certified cert. Okay, but much will that cost me to get a cert? You know, anyway, I could be out sick, but I'm, I'm, I might need not, needn't, need not go to a doctor. Um, but I still have to go to a doctor to get a sick cert, which could be eighty quid, which means I'm better off now. In human terms, I'm better off staying out for the five to getting a sick cert for the five days rather than for the three days. Yeah. Well, last year, Joe, and this was an argument that many small businesses would have put up and many employees would have actually put up last year when there was only three days that the employer had to pay. Uh, it wouldn't be worth my while, you know, going for a day to get €110, Euro, as you correctly say. Why would I get a cert if I was only uh, sick for one day? Why would, I, why would I go to the doctor, pay €80, Euro, and then only get €110 Euro from my employer? So they wouldn't bother. Paul, uh, Paul no, is there, 087-2434-995. Paul, what's your s- situation, please? I have only recently retired from business. 
But um, over the years, the service service business that that I ran had a number of excellent employees and very, very good people. Big problems are what the government do not take into consideration is the actual base cost of of bringing in the money. For every euro a business spends, it must bring in a minimum of four in gross income to to compensate for the taxation, the cost, the vast, the... uh, cost of material to buy the product to sell, taking a, a microwave bought for 100, sold for 100 euro, will, may have 100 uh, there'll be 20 euro tax, it's 80 100% markup, brings it down to 40, you haven't even made a penny on it yet you have paid out that money, you have bank charges, everything else that goes with it, administration and costs, so therefore every single euro that a business spends has to bring in 4 euro in gross income Therefore, a person's wage handed into their hand is not 110 a day. It's actually a cost to the business of 400 euro a day in gross income to have that 100 to give them, excluding the PRSI and other taxes that are going on top of it. Now, so what do you just, just come businesses back to you as a small cannot cope with okay. the mass amount of taxation and obligation that's being dumped on top of the small business to survive. You look at the, the headlines and paper, the number of small coffee shops, restaurants, everything mm. that's just collapsing. And it's collapsing because the gross revenue of the business cannot cope with the with the costs of employing the staff. And were you, I know you've, I know you've recently, you recently retired, Paul, were, were you yeah. aware that the, the onus to pay sick leave on the employer had has increased from three days to five yeah, I, days. I had, heard, I had heard it from friends still in the business and the, the, the reaction to it is absolute abomination. It, it's, it's, the, 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 the guys I still, I'm still in touch with are, are screaming about it. Yeah, okay. And do, this, they, do they know it's going to 10 days within well, the next 24 months? Say again, Paul, sorry. The government to throw this this load. It's fine for you know very large retailers who have massive turnovers, very high volume turnovers, and, and huge markups. But small businesses can't cope with this. And it's evident in the if the government looks at its own figures in the, the revenue returns and the loss of business and the number of closed down over the last year. It's it's very evident that yeah. regulation, local taxation, and central taxation. Okay, adding to the cost yeah, of, Paul, of running Paul, a business. Yeah, Paul, we'll try, we try, try and get you a better line, but I'll just I'll give you that statement again from the government. The government is acutely aware the small businesses are concerned. I'm more than concerned looking at our phone lines there today with the overall cost of doing business. But the solution is not to dilute workers' rights. But as if all the small businesses, that's, that's your campaign now, to dilute workers' rights. And the campaign is saying we pay into a social insurance fund as employers. The employee pays into a social insurance fund as employees. Uh, heretofore, the first three days sick leave was paid by the employer. Uh, and the remainder obviously comes from the social insurance fund, which both employer and employee are paid into. But from the 1st of January, those first three days to be paid by the employer changes to five days, uh, nearly doubles. And then within the next 24 months, that's five days will go to uh, 10 days. Sonia Duggan. Sonia, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Were you aware of this? Yep, it's been well broadcast over the past year okay. or more. And what's so your... I suppose, what's well, your... we were just trying to crunch the numbers even a year ago and lobby um, with the government yeah. on how best to... Well, you got, well, you got nowhere, obviously. 
No, we've got Unfortunately. no. <laughs> You've just, been, you've just been you've just been accused the government have accused people who object to this as uh, trying to dilute workers' rights. Well, absolutely not. Um, everybody, employers, we want the best for our employees. Bottom line is the funding is not there from our side, whether we're in the early childhood sector or whether you're a small medium enterprise. Mm. Businesses will absolutely cover. You only have to see that 240 cafes have closed and restaurants have closed in the past number of months and, you know, included with the high inflationary measures that we have already, it's just going to be, I'd say, untenable for many businesses going forward. Within the early years sector now, our, our fees are fixed, as Elaine has outlined, but also if you're a sessional service, there's no further increase given within the funding schemes um, that we receive. So I think this would be a huge burden to um, providers, early years providers, so, for example, in my service, um, I have two services, it's going to cost me 25000 So when you have your fees fixed, when our funding from the department is fully fixed and you're receiving no private fees and one of my services is just purely ECC, where am I meant to get that extra 12500 next year? when the funding is already down we're being you know we had yeah. an increase of well what will it mean can you well I, I, um, I, I, well it'll mean it mean I'll just about I suppose if we break even we'll be lucky um, and I hope that staff don't get sick that we don't have to draw down mm. because we also have work you know we're under with the compliance of ratios we do need to have that extra cover drafted in to cover somebody's sick so you're paying on the double so for me, it would be cost my service twenty five grand next year, and obviously that will double when it goes up to ten thousand. So we would hope that the investment from the department will be sufficient to help cover some of that cost. Um, otherwise, definitely you'll see services struggle if everybody does have to take their five days plus. You need to have cover, and this, the money isn't there. The funding hasn't increased like barely seven percent in thirteen mm. years. You know, so what are services to do? Where are they if they're a small medium service, where are they going to get that extra twelve grand? To and cover I, see, I, 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 I see someone making a very very uh, human point. At the moment your first three days are are paid up to a max of one ten. Um you uh, uh, once you have a six cert, which will cost you I don't know, between sixty and eighty Probably euros. 50, okay. 60 euros yeah. If you go to a doctor um, and you have to shell out 70 or 80 or more. People tell me how much you have to shell out for your six cert. You, if the doctor says you want the six cert for three days or five days, you're going to say five days. Because logically, the five days uh, divided into 80 means the six cert costs you, costs you what, about 16 euro uh, a day. Um, whereas if you divide it into three days, the six cert uh, costs you significantly less, if you follow me. Yeah, In other words, the, the, hum, the, the human incentive, the human incentive might be if a doctor says, well, how long do you want to, do, do you think in, that you'll need a cert for? You're going to say five days, so the employer is going to take that hit for the five days. Absolutely. Stay there, Sonia. Yeah. Joe at rt.ie, 51551 text. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. 
Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie and text. Since the 1st of January, the onus to pay sick pay to employees uh, has gone from three to five days, regardless of the uh, size or whatever of the employer. And it's going to go from three days to 10 days in the next uh, 24 months. Um, Kevin O'Rourke, Kevin, your point, please. Yeah, I said, a sign has actually made it there, Joe, earlier. I'm not an employer, but I do understand the problem that it, employers okay. face now because they have to take in a replacement worker and yeah. either that's on standard pay or overtime. So it actually doubles their costs. And I would have thought that maybe uh, one of the solutions is that the social welfare pay the first five days sick and that uh, that after that then that the employer paid five days sick uh, and you would hope that that, that would cover the, the, the sick leave but I don't think that the mm-hmm. employer should be hammered twice uh, and uh, that, that's a huge amount of money and especially if, well it doesn't matter what size whether it's a coffee shop or a big corporation it doesn't matter uh, I've, I've, I've worked in a senior position and I've seen you people see big, go sick and I've seen how difficult it is to cover them but, but most people was on overtime and you have to bring them in yeah pay time and a half and then you're paying your employee who unfortunately is out sick I don't blame them and they deserve to be paid but I just think that it's a double whammy hit on the employer and it has to be looked at again because I think it will force certainly a lot of the smaller businesses I I think you've hit the nail on the head Kevin and I tell you why there's another analogy as well First of all, small businesses in this country would be hospitality, would be the corner shop, would be maybe a small garage, would be maybe a small locksmith, a small plumbing company or whatever. Um, They're small. Now, the big companies, the big companies, the Googles and the Facebooks and the LinkedIns of this country now and the Intels, which are an incredible addition to the country, they have incredible conditions, rightly so. Uh, for for their staff in terms of food, in terms of uh, bonuses, in terms of sick pay, in terms of VHI schemes. That's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But the people who can't uh, afford that generally are the small the small employers. Now, the other no, example... Uh, the, the other, the, Joe, I know one big company who allows their employer, employee, sorry, to be sick for six months and pays them. Yeah. Now, there is no way... And this earth, and I'm thinking of where I live, there's a small little coffee shop. It's only a truck. There's three three young people working it. And if one of them goes sick, I would hate to be the employer who has to ring somebody else up to come in. To, so, so now you're paying on the double. You just can't afford it. But big businesses, and you're correct, like Google and LinkedIn and okay. all of them, they, that, they have their own policies and they can do it. Okay. They have now, the money. So, because this reminds me of something a small shop owner said to me at the weekend. You know this new scheme that's coming in in two weeks? The, you bring back your plastic, your empty, undamaged, undamaged yes. plastic bottles and your empty and undamaged cans. To because yes. uh, you've you've paid between fifteen and twenty five cent deposit on it, okay? But you bring it, and it was pointed out that most of the littles in the country now, fair play to most of the Aldis in the country, are presumed Tesco and the others with the big car parks. They've all installed these reverse vending machines. You know where you bring back your yeah, empties. And you, you get your, a ticket back, and you you, get, you you give it to the customer desk and they give you your money no 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 no, no. you go no no you go in and you queue at the cash register to give you the oh, money sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, or okay. you can you, what you get out of the machine is a voucher yeah. and it's it's a voucher for aldi but you can either which probably most people would i'll go in and uh, 
put it off my shop in Aldi. In other words, it's the small corner shops that are going to get hit, who can't afford these machines, who can't afford the, the space. And you'll see them, I'm sure people have noticed them, these reverse vending machines, and I guarantee we'd be told within three weeks of this new scheme coming in, and nobody... Nobody can oppose it in the current atmosphere in the world, but it's the way it's been handled. I guarantee we'll be told in the first three weeks by this new uh, organisation, Quango, return that the scheme has been an overwhelming success. But they won't tell you that the money, the the the, the refunds, you might you might buy the bottle of Ballygown in your local. A corner shop, but you'll you'll bring back your body, your bag of uh, body gown or cans or whatever after you collect them to the easy machine when you can pull up your car in the car park, and that's where you get your. So the money won't go back to the small shop who gave who uh, got to uh, deposit in the first, first place. place. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, D D, please D. Good afternoon. Hi. Thanks, Kevin. Good afternoon, Joe. Jo- Joe at Archie you? E. You run a small business. Were you aware of this? Uh, yes, Joe. Okay. I was aware of it. And Joe, look, I have a couple. I know we've gone through the sick pay and all of mm-hmm. that, but do you know, I have another couple of additions to add to all of this. Like I am in the business, oh God, over forty years, and I tell you, there has been some changes from the government over those years. And the other big one that the government has taken from us is redundancy. Mm. Before, we, I've been through two big recessions. Okay. And the first recession, government paid full redundancy. Okay. Now, the employer has to take the full redundancy now. And that's a big hit for all employers. Okay. Especially yes. the small ones. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we'll concentrate for, for, other, for, for this yeah. discussion, because that's where Parag was coming from, in fairness, when he raised it. Yeah. It's small businesses that are going to take the hit because of this big government yeah. change. But go, go ahead. What, what else are small businesses yeah, hit the other, by? The other issue I have is uh, this minimum wage. Mm-hmm. This is shocking, this minimum wage. Like, it's making it sound like, um, oh, it, it, it's because, you, like, a couple of, about two years ago we were on 8.65. Mm-hmm. Now it's now 12.70. We're one of the highest in Europe. Seriously, it's when, any wonder. Yeah, but when an employer... Country, uh, but again, that's not an employer's issue. Really, it's not. Well, now the government, the government determined the minimum wage, but the employer pays it. Yeah, absolutely. But the employer the, but, has to pay it. There's okay. no option. But then, when this was raised before Christmas on Liveline by the coffee shop that was in trouble, um, mm. the response you got was, um, "Oh, if you can't afford to pay a min and a minimum wage sounds low, uh, obviously, um, the word mm-hmm. minimum, minimum minute. Um, if you can't afford to pay the minimum wage, well, then get out of business." I don't think that's a very fair thing to say. Well, I mean, a lot of employers would be there. They're um, paying their taxes the same as everybody else. This minimum wage, I mean, you go to Spain, minimum wages is six something in Spain. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price of coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you just, like, as in people are, the reason yeah, why the cost, this minimum the wage is so high is government. We've the highest, yeah. I think the highest or second highest ESB bills in all of Europe. Like, we, our, yeah. public, mm. our public services are pretty expensive. Even if you go to something like to get yeah. your NCT done, it's double in the south what mm. it is in the north, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, the cost but of living yeah, here Joe, is but the higher, minimum Dave. wage has driven up everything. It has driven up everything. But look, the other issues, I have a couple of more. And the other is bank holidays. That's another one that we have. Like, the government bring in a bank holiday, you know, um, 
they decide, okay, here's a new bank holiday coming in or whatever. That again is down to the employer, but they'll take full, they'll take full credit for that. But the employer has to pay for that. So we've an order. Right? We, well, the second year now we've yeah. St. Bridges Day coming up on the fourth Monday in yeah. February. That's fully um, paid by the employer. No compensation whatsoever from the government there. And the, you have to pay. Obviously, you have to yeah. pay extra on a bank holiday when people are entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then there will be compulsory pensions that they're going to be driving in. That's going to be now your first mm. caller. I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name there. Porrick, but Porrick, he yeah. can, Yeah, Porrick. I'm sure he'll explain on that, but they will be driving in these pensions and that is going to cripple the small local employer. Yeah, but we were told that Fine Gael I mean, there was a are other party things, of small yeah. business. Um, stay, stay there, yeah. Dee. Hannah, Hannah yeah. Dare, Hannah Dare is in Bantry. Hannah, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Joe. <clears throat> did, did you know about this new burden on employers? Absolutely. I mean, as a we're a small business. Um, I have a health food shop and a cafe, and we've been in business for about thirty years. So we were well, we were very well informed about it. Okay. And when when I first heard about it, I, you know, I had to take a few days to kind of recover because the minimum wage increase plus the sick pay is really going to hit us hard. Um, we have about twenty five, twenty six employees, Brilliant. and a lot of them Brilliant. work part time. Brilliant. 26 you know, people we, you employ, that's fantastic. fantastic yeah, and we, it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And we have, you know, we have a, we have a thriving business, but um, we like to facilitate people to have a good work-life balance. So yeah, that would okay. mean, you know, we've often had people working two days a week or three days a week and, you know, would be primarily women. Um, but I think this, this new sick pay particularly is going to disincentivize employers from offering flexible work hours because the way it's structured, if you mm. work for me and you work one day a week, I still have to pay you in 2025 10 sick days a year. So if you you're, just think you're, about okay, that you're enti- Okay, you're entitled to 10 sick days. Okay, yeah. I didn't say... Yeah. So, so, so it's with regard- pro rata. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah, of course. I'm not. I'm not doubting you, Hannah. But I just want to. No. Is that correct? Even a a part-time worker will be entitled in within the next. They're now entitled to five, if if it's true. Will be entitled to the ten days sick leave, even though they might be only working a day a week. Yeah, but George. Yeah, but they might be entitled to ten days, but the amount of the payment would be seventy percent of their weekly wage. Only seventy percent. Up to one hundred and ten euro a day. Yeah, so in other words, if they were getting, if, if they were getting, um, if they, we'd say for the one day a week um, that they'd be, wor- if, if, if they're getting, yeah. if their daily rate, if their average payment for a day would be uh, 40 euro, then all they'd be getting 70% of the 40 euro. Oh, I know what you that's mean, That's yeah. true, yeah. that's true, but I suppose from my but, perspective, what it's doing yeah, is, it's, it's making... Yeah. Sorry. Well, keep going, it's, keep going, Anna. It's yeah. making me less inclined to have anyone working less than a four-day week. So we would have a four-day week for us is, is kind of full-time because they're quite long days. So, yeah. you know, but if I have, um, you know, 10 people working four days, that's going to, co- that's going to be um, 10 days per person. If I have 20 people working two days, that's 10 days per, per person. So it's double the amount of sick days that I'm going to be liable for. I know it's 70%, okay. but it's still a huge burden for me. Now, Hannah, have you, is, there, is there a matrix? If I've got 26 employees, 
what is mm-hmm. the average number of employees over the year that will be out sick or have a bereavement with 26? Is there, is there I a... Mean, it, it, it ver- I mean, my experience so far, we've had a year of this. Well, obviously, we've had 30 years of it, but, it's, but we've had a year of paying a certain amount. And it varies hugely. Um, we have very engaged employees. I mean, our yeah. team are, you know, they're excellent. They really care about their work. But, you know, there's going to be some people who just course, do get sick. We've COVID, already, COVID, know, COVID. COVID. Yes. You know, so, and it isn't really a measure... Like, I, I would see, you know, sometimes... I, I definitely think my management team are taking less sick days because they understand the burden to the business. You know, yeah, they're you should, very much involved. Yeah, but you shouldn't be coming into work if you're sick, especially with no, COVID. No, I mean, exactly. So we've actually... We've done a few things to help that. So we put together care packs. We asked our suppliers to give us donations of, you know, vitamin C and echinacea and, you know, anything, vitamin mm. D, anything we could. We gave everybody a kind of a care pack kind of worth. Well, well done. You know, yeah. You know, just to help them stay healthier. And obviously, that's very important. But I, I just feel like, I mean, already I'm thinking I can't afford to take people on for two days a week because the bonus of the sick, the burden yeah, of the sick okay. pay, is just going to be too much. And I think that's going to affect women quite quite highly, you know, because it's, it's in my experience, it's a lot of women looking for part-time work, which I understand. It, it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. But as an employer now, that's going to make less and less sense and I think personally that it should have been ca- calculated pro rata. So if you're working two days a week, then it should be five days when it when it's you know or two and a half days okay. at this stage. Okay. That's what I feel. Um, that's you know that was certainly one of the things. I mean, it, just to give you an idea, this between the minimum wage increase and the sick pay, we're looking at an increased wages bill of around seventy thousand this year. Wow. And we're only a really small business, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, that, you know, it's it's yeah. more than it's about it's more than uh, like that's like seventy percent. Well, we don't know our profit for last year, but it's about seventy to eighty percent of our profit for last year at our estimated profit. It's gone. So it's will be gone. Us. Yes. With these new government yes. uh, in, uh, yes. government, and uh, you know that's so that we've got to try and turn over a huge amount more to cover that, yeah. and yet in this current climate that's going to be a challenge for us you know okay Hannah thanks indeed Park is saying with us back after this break Joe at rt.ie one text talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Joe Duffy talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 I'm Dave Sinjin. Dave good afternoon yeah hi Joe um, now so if a person is on zero-hour contract, yeah, what way does that leave them? Because it's going to push decent employers Good point. down that route. Okay, Parik, Parik, just quickly, do you think if I'm on a zero-hour contract, am I entitled to to have my employer pay five days sick leave? Okay, f- first of all, Joe, um, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's now not legal practice to have somebody on a zero hours contract who was barred over two, two okay. years ago I think okay. um, so uh, you know those employees have to receive uh, a contract with a given number of hours okay. they can't be on a zero hours contract and totally up to the employer of when they call them in and if they don't call them in for a week to get no money that's gone okay that's, that's, okay, that's okay. Okay. I, there's an ancillary question I see coming from that in my own head but Dave keep keep going Dave yeah, so it's going to reduce hours. If a person is on, say, 39-hour week, 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if they reduce them down to say twenty hours, and we ring it if we need you um, for the rest of the week, you know, so they're not entitled okay. necessarily. So if they ring in and say, or they they refuse to come in on the Thursday or Friday, sorry, I'm sick or whatever. Okay, fair enough. Good luck. And there's quite a few businesses like that. Okay, just in your line is dreadful. Uh, not your fault. But Dave, what you're saying is, uh, bizarrely, this could actually adversely affect workers' rights. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. yeah, okay. Yeah. And I see okay. you used to be a union rep as well. And that point hasn't right, been made. Yeah. That point hasn't been made. Okay, Dave, thanks indeed. Yeah. Uh, Marie Morphy is in Ballyfermot in Dublin. Marie, good afternoon. Hi, Joe, how are you? Yeah, d- uh, Dr. Um, Sixert. Yeah. You cannot get an appointment with a doctor straight away. You're okay. looking at a week to 10 days. So how in the name of God is that going to affect employees? Now, I'm retired. It won't affect me. Yeah. But it just dawned on me listening to the programme because I listen every day. And it just dawned on me because I was hit with it there about, oh, last year sometime, okay. I think it was. And... Um, that's a good point. It scared the living daylight out of me But does it mean, Marie, that you, you'd ring your doctor... And say I'm sick, yeah. and you say yeah. I'm, I am genuinely sick, and your doctor says, yeah. "Oh, and I need a sick cert." The doctor says, "Okay, I'll write one and leave it in reception, or get someone to collect it." Well, they they may do that. I don't know, but I mean, most doctors will say that they want to see you before they give yeah. you a cert. I mean, I was in the situation. I found a lump under my arm, and okay. come on, as a daddy and her husband, you know exactly where that leaves you. Yeah. Yeah. And it frightened the living flipping daylights out of me. Yeah. And of course, I rang straight away and I was given a week to a week and a half. I went, what? And of course, I kicked off, needless to say. So I got an earlier appointment. Thank mm-hmm. God it wasn't anything serious. Right. But I mean, yeah. you know yourself, yeah, every know. hour Don't counts. But, just let um, me, Marie, just let me ask Parik that question. Parik, uh, Marie's question, how soon do I need to submit a Dr. Sixert before I get my payment from my employer? Under normal, uh, under usual circumstances, yeah. it's usually after three days. Now, uh, employers will have their own guidelines in relation to it. Um, s- sometimes, as, as that lady correctly pointed out, you have to have a bit of common sense. Um, if you can't see, a, if you can't see a doctor, you're out sick. You can't go to work. Um, uh, so, I, I'd say most employers, to be fair to employers, they would say, "Well, it's okay. Bring in the cert when you come back, and we we'll look after you." Okay, okay. Um, and can you get? And can you get a six? No, I presume you have to pay for it the same way you have to pay for repeat prescription uh, documents. And medics have to be paid, and their staff have to be paid, and they have a lot of ancillary staff these days. Um, but is 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 it common or uncommon for? If I genuinely am sick, I'm in bed sick, and I ring the doc and I say, "Doc, I'm sick, but I need a sick cert for my job." And he said, okay, I trust you. Um, when you sound sick, um, I leave it in, in reception and you go and collect it in, or get someone to collect it in a doctor's reception. And I presume you pay for that as well. Anyway, I'm asking. No, you I probably take, would. You pay I, over the counter. Okay. Um, thanks, Marie. Mind yourself. I'm glad that was good thanks, news, so Joe. to speak. Yeah. Thanks, Dean. A happy new year to you. Joan O'Sullivan. Joan. Hi, Joe. How are you? What do you think? Were you aware of this? change. Yours. I was aware of this, yes. Okay, and, yes. What, and what do you think um, of it? Is there anyone supporting it apart from the, the government to say anyone who's opposing it is actually calling for the dilution of workers' rights? 
Um, well, look, I, I mean, I don't think anybody is supporting it, but obviously it's going to save government a lot of money yeah. by not paying out the sick leave in the first week or when the two weeks comes in, by, by, by not paying out the money for two weeks. But how I, I think this is going to, I think people are thinking this affects employers, but it's going to affect everybody across the board. It's going to affect very much parents, I think, because for parents of young children, children not in school, because if a teacher is out sick, schools tend to have their mechanisms, you know, um, where, where maybe children can be moved into other classes, things like that. If you have a young child, again, coming back to the creches, if you have mm-hmm. a young child who is in a creche, creches can't, split children up as it were. They can't send one or two children to one a different teacher and another two children to a different teacher because the Department of Children sets down the preschool regulations and they set down the ratios. So childcare facilities cannot break those ratios. Okay. So if, if a staff member is out sick, those children um, cannot be separated onto somebody else. Now, where creches used to have autonomy over their own money, they could afford to pay an extra staff member, maybe bring somebody else in uh, to cover that. But now the Department of Children has frozen fees for childcare, which is a good thing, but but it's a double whammy for the creches. So they can't increase, uh, increase their uh, fees to cover the cost of having to pay extra staff, but also they can't do anything about the ratio situation. So if children are there and there's no staff member to look after them, Joe, what's going to happen is children will, will be asked to go home. Mm-hmm. And I, I think parents won't have a leg to stand on because increasingly now the Department of Children is funding children to be in, in, in with the National Child Care Scheme. They're paying a lot of fees for parents. So I, I think this is going to affect creches, but creches will have to pass this on in, 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 in terms of sending children home if their teacher is out sick. And I think that this is something for the National Parents Council, really, because parents okay. are going to have to start looking and saying, what's going to happen to them going to work if the, if creches have to send children home with zero notice? Because obviously you, you, nobody knows if somebody's going to be out sick tomorrow. So I'm just looking at this in, 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 in the big picture yeah, and the effect that it's going to have on parents. And I think that this is a discussion that the National Parents Council and um, maybe parents don't know the National well, the pa- Parents National, Council. Well, the National Parents Council don't have any power. If the, if, if all of these no, organisations... They, they can open uh, the debate. Well, the debate, well, the debate has, as Parik says, has been going on for a while and this has been uh, flagged to the government that this could have uh, th- these impacts, but the, the government decided, uh, no, we're going ahead with it. Sharon, your point, please. Good afternoon. Hello, Joe. Uh, my point is that it's all about the employers not able to afford to pay the minimum mm. wage, pay sick leave. What about the employees? Like, there's lots of employees on minimum wage mm-hmm. who are finding it very difficult even to live. Absolutely. Like, if you're working away from your, a bit away from your own town, you've Need a car, so you're paying tax, insurance, diesel. You're paying your rent at home or whatever you're handing up. You're paying all your other bills. Mm. Like, what about the poor employee? Who well, what about the employers? That, we're talking about the small small businesses that say they're going to go. Well, a lot of them have coffee shops, etc. Have got out of business that we just can't afford. So we'll everyone will lose the job. Yeah, well, I do understand that, but I think if you're struggling that much that you couldn't afford the extra in. Uh, minimum wage is no, the work you've been in business well, at this all. Is, well, this is primarily now about the, the extra burden of sick pay being put well, on employers. This, that's what well, the, I, just speaking from experience, I have two children there on minimum wage, mm-hmm. and last year neither of the two of them took any sick days. Yes, okay. 
Great. So please God, Thank you'll God. be saved this God. year. Yeah, please yeah, God. Yeah, please God. So there is yeah. a lot of employees okay, well, who well, are well, taking sick days. Okay, well listen, to, of course, of course. Eddie Keane, Eddie. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, um, Eddie Keane here from Milltown Malby. Yeah, okay. What's your What's your position on this? So my position is, I have a restaurant with 12 employees here. Okay. Uh, the lowest amount of money we pay is £13.50 an hour. Okay. My problem is keeping our staff through the winter because of the shortage in the skill for the catering trade. So okay. we're trying to keep people on a 52-week contract. Uh, we're trying to be ethical about it, get as close well done, to the living yeah. wage as possible. Uh, but this year in particular, we've had the... the the, the VAT going back up to 13.5%. Yeah, okay. We have the sick pay. We have the pension coming at us. Last year was a break-even situation. Now, we need to be, in my opinion, we need to be separated away from hotels and bars and stuff like that. Uh, look where we live, what our turnover is, when we turn money over. Mm-hmm. Like uh, We spend our whole year trying to save money to pay the wages in the winter. This is year 19. And I don't think I'll see year 2021. Why not? Because the net profits are not there. I mean, you're imposing the cost at the end of the day on your customer. The money has to come from somewhere. We've Uh, done all the the cost rises, the food rises, the cooking oil rises, the rent rises, the electricity rises, the VAT rises. It's all rise, rise, rise. And particularly out here in the west of Ireland, yeah. If we let our people go, the bigger hotels, the bigger towns will suck them up. We have them trained. We have them very, very good at their jobs. But it needs to be separated and each company be looked at individually. But your business, you think, if, if, if it continues, will be... What about Sharon's point? If you, can't pay, if you can't afford to pay the minimum wage, you should shut down. I don't pay anything like the minimum wage. I pay what I hope and I'm heading okay. towards paying the living wage. We are an ethical well company in that well sense. But we are being priced out of the market here. You sound, Eddie, 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 Eddie you, you sound very cast down, and I understand if you are. because I'm absolutely, the, in what would be considered our slow, relaxing time, yeah. I, I'm running around trying to raise money credit-wise, yeah. trying to cut bills, trying to find different equipment. It's, it's, look, it's impossible. And then when the tourists do come in the summer, there will be nothing here for them. And it, then for the rest of the year, these 12 jobs in a tiny community of yeah, 700 brilliant, people brilliant. are mm. very valuable. Yeah. But nobody seems to care about that. We're, we're cast in with the major hotel groups. We're cast in with major restaurant franchises, the McDonald's of this world. Yeah. I'm here with a 50-seater restaurant in a tiny village in West Clare employing 12 people. And the lowest paid worker I have is 1350. I'm trying everything to get my employees' rights and give them a life where they can afford to pay their mortgage, where they can afford to send their children to college. I put most of the young people in this community through college. Well done. Stay with us, Eddie, please. Eddie Keane, back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Eddie Keane is still with us. He runs the old bakehouse restaurant. Great reputation in Milltown Malbay, employing 12 people. That's 12 families. Jer, good afternoon. What's your situation? Hey, Joe. I, I, I just texted in in terms of uh, sympathising with the SME market because okay. when you hear some of the comments like if people can't afford to pay yeah. the minimum wage, they shouldn't be employers. 
the same people who make that statement are the same ones who then complain about the cost of services or the cost of a cup of coffee when that's passed on to us as consumers. I mean, people have to be able to make ends meet. So while everybody wants some level of protection on one hand from the government mm. in terms of rights and, and varying things, those same people who are complaining about the costs are, are wanting the same level of uh, protection from the government on the other hand, but then don't want to pay for it through but the is services. But I, I, I saw a couple of, and, and, and no people don't, don't uh, deliberately do this, but you know, employers, can an employer, could an employer survive on this money? As if an employer, as if you're talking about on the one hand Bill Gates or on the other hand uh, Eddie Keane employing 12 people at his wit's end down in Milltown Malbay. Um, well, the, the, the word employer seems to be a dirty word. Like even the statement, and I come back to it because I do think it's very unfair that the government should put out a statement in response to our query about small businesses being really worried about continuing, and they say that the solution is not to dilute workers' rights. In other words, the small businesses are trying to dilute workers' rights, which is a terrible claim. Are you trying to dilute workers' rights, Eddie Keane? Absolutely not. Under no circumstances would I... I pay way far and above the minimum wage. Look, my point is, in terms of what's adding to the cost of running a business here is, for example, you come in and buy a bowl of chips off me. It costs me more for the oil and the electricity than it does to buy the actual product. That's the way that the tide is turned at the moment. You're looking at three times the electricity bills. You're looking at now adding to it with sick pay. That would never be an issue in my company. We'd fill in for the person and make sure that they have their full week's wage. Of course, yeah. But my and point is that we're being, we're being assessed on the, alongside multinational organisations. Each yeah. small business, particularly in rural areas, needs to be assessed on its own merits, okay. who it employs and how much its turnover is. Okay, don't... Uh I just see a few, few people there supporting Eddie from the area saying, please don't close, please don't get cast down. But we, we are going to make it through to this season and see what else they can throw at us and see what's left of us then by the, the end of next year. OK, OK. Uh, you do a great job and all, all small employers do. It's incredible what you do. Um, and as you say, you're doing doing your best. Decent, decent people, Eddie. Eddie Keane of the old Bakehouse Restaurant in Milltown, Malbay. Eddie, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And do do mind do mind yourself in all the pressure, the pressure, the pressure that you're under. Okay, thanks indeed. Sound Caro here, broadcast coordinator Shane Galvin, and producer Penny Hart. And thanks again to Porrick Boyle for raising that. Ray Darcy is next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie 